How's it going today, guys? We're back here live once again, another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today's Thursday, February 7th. It's about four hours after the trade deadline. Five hours is a pretty hectic day, but once again, as promised, we got Brett Baker back on the podcast. Brett, say what's up to the people. This is the fourth podcast I've been on, fourth in a row. Uh, it's going to be it's a good run so far, and it's only going to get better because now we're in full sprint mode with the NBA deadline. Uh, big news, breaking news, rather. Anthony Davis did not get traded. Yeah. So, like I initially said at the beginning of our, you know, speculations, our rumors, mm-hmm. our talks about the NBA trade deadline, I did not think he was going to get moved, and he did not. I actually saw something which was hilarious to me. Uh, apparently, the rumors are that essentially the Pelicans used that entire trade talk and pretty much left them waiting just to stir something up with the Lakers in terms of chemistry issues. And that was that is the most, like, cynical, petty, and just, like, NBA move of all time. That is the NBA uh, yeah. move for this generation, and I love it. Yeah, honestly. I think it's pretty funny, honestly, if that's what they did. I mean, I wanted AD to get traded to the Lakers. I thought it would just been better for basketball. But, I mean, like you said, I mean, basically LeBron's entire future is being held in the – in the grasp of the Pelicans' hands. I mean, if he if he doesn't get an AD, dude, they might be screwed. I mean, like you said, they just destroyed their team chemistry. I mean, the Pelicans literally did not want to trade with the Lakers just because they didn't like how they kind of tampered with their team and everything. I mean, they're pretty pissed off about it. So I definitely think it's funny just from that perspective. But at the same time, it is kind of petty. But, I mean, I don't disagree with what the Pelicans are doing. I know a lot of LeBron fans do. But, I mean, you're pissed off, man. I mean, you don't want to trade your best player away. So, Kind of sucks for the Pelicans. Anything, anything else you want to touch on that subject? Um, not too much. There's so much to talk about off the Anthony Davis. I think that's been the yeah the key saying. point of discussion for most uh you know for most people previous to today. Yeah, and I mean yeah, we've already talked one. about that like twice. I feel talked like about it yeah big time. You could only talk so much about it. Like today, I've been listening to a lot of sports talk. They keep talking about. It. I'm like, bro, like we heard about this like 20 times. I'm tired of hearing about it. So. We'll move from there. I personally think this is probably the biggest trade that happened in the entire trade deadline. Outside of that Mavs with uh, the Knicks with the Porzingis trade, I mm-hmm. think that one was obviously a huge splash. I think this is probably the next biggest one, which was Tobias Harris being traded from the Clippers to the 76ers. The Clippers made a lot of moves. I'm just going to say this before I get in the 76ers side of the trade. The Clippers, they made a lot of trades at this deadline. They moved a lot of pieces. and um, They moved Tobias Harris, obviously. the Or here, I'll go ahead and tell you all what the entire trade was. So... The entire trade was, it was Tobias Harris um, and Boban Bogdanovich to the 76ers. In return, they got Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, Landry Shamit, 2020 uh, first-round pick lottery protected. That's Phillies. Then Miami's 2021 unprotected pick that Philly got in the trade mm-hmm. with the Suns where they got Zaire Smith. Or yeah, where they traded mm-hmm. Bridges and Zaire Smith. Then they gave him a Detroit's uh, second round pick for 2021 and a 2023 second as well from Detroit. So basically, looking through this and all the trades that the 76 or that uh, the Clippers made today, the Clippers are basically cleaning house because they had that conversation with Kevin Durant. I don't know if you remember that or not. Mm-hmm. The, the Jerry West and Durant about how the Durant they said it was a good conversation. So I mean, they think Dur- they might be able to get Durant and Leonard, or they think they might be able to get. Ant- they think they can get some sort of superstar tandem there in LA. I mean, they kind of know that they're probably not going to make the playoffs looking at the standings and everything right now that they're probably going to fall out and phase out. So that's the way I look at it is the Clippers were trying to trim cap and whatnot. But I do like it from both sides though, because 
I mean, the Clippers do get some talent out of that trade. Yeah, I mean, for they sure. get Wilson Chandler, who's good, good guy off the bench, uh, good veteran in the locker mm-hmm. room. Uh, they also get somebody that's been playing really well in Landry Shamit, and they get some picks out of it. And I think it's the best option for them because, like we said, we've been talking about it progressively yeah. as we've been going through our episodes together. I mean, the Clippers started off hot. But at the same time, this last month and a half of them has been dreadful. Mm-hmm. It's time to kind of look into the future. And I think they did that. I think that was a good pickup. I think it's huge for the 76ers because they pick up somebody that they've needed. Let's be honest. When you phase uh, Joel Embiid out of the game, if you have a dominant defense inside, they struggle mightily. Yeah, uh, It's going to be harder to do that now because they have to bias Harris. Yeah, and they get the extra shooter. Um, also for the Clippers, the big thing is they mostly got expiring contracts so they can clear out that cap space. Like we said, then they got assets to help them build for the future. So overall, I think the Clippers did a good job of breaking everything up. Um, Tobias Harris, though, to the Sixers, I know a lot of people aren't high on it just because, I mean, they basically have to resign him and they have to resign him and um, Jimmy Butler or else. They're, I mean, they're probably going to lose J.J. Redick if they resign those two just because mm-hmm. he's on that one-year $12 million mm-hmm. deal. But they really need to resign both these guys. Unless, unless he chooses to take yeah. less money. But mm-hmm. That's something I think they can do. I like the trades if they're able to keep both these guys, but if they don't, I think it's really stupid But because you basically went all in for one year and getting to be the team that gets beat up on by the Warriors. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, it's mm-hmm. no secret. Like, I'm not going to sit here. Like, yeah. like, I'm not just saying, oh, they're the Warriors. I mean, dude, if you watch well, the – like, the Warriors with this lineup they have now are pretty much unbeatable. And pretty much the Eastern Conference is a battle for who gets to get swept by the Warriors. I will say, though, however, I think most teams in the NBA that are competing for that – potential NBA Finals matchup is, one, you don't really know what the situation is at the end of the season. You don't know if the Warriors are going to experience injuries, whatever. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, the NBA trade deadline trade deadline is all about making your team better. And yeah. I think they have made their team better, especially in terms of just offensive output. Because the, when the 76ers lose, it's because one of those big three that they have is not firing the ball correctly or not doing the right things on offense. Yeah. And I think they've made their team better, so that's all you can hope for. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have because they've got another shooter mm-hmm. in Tobias Harris, a guy who, I mean, he was, he's, stretch fringe, four. he's a I fringe mean, all-star, stretch forward for sure. So they definitely made their team better, but, I mean, at the same time, you got to look at it from the perspective is what we are, what are we giving up to make our team better, you know? And that's just the one thing that I call into question here is if they really screwed up the future of their team because – we also saw, while we're talking about Philly, we may as well go ahead and talk about it too. They traded Markel Fultz to Orlando later on in the day. In return, they actually think that they got a good job of getting something back, you know, for Fultz. Because, look, I hated the Markel Fultz trade. They got a lot with. back for what he it didn't, was. It didn't, work, it didn't work out. Obviously, they had to get out. He needed a change of scenery. I just feel like with everything you gave up for Markel Fultz here, that you need something more than Jonathan Simmons and a first or a, a first or top 20 protected first-round pick mm-hmm. from Oklahoma City for next year's draft. I mean, I feel like you, he was, you should get a lot more back for what you gave up so much for. But the, this, good, the good news is they got, one, the Oklahoma City pick, which will be sometime, somewhere in the – Top of the higher twenty to thirty yeah, range, it'll definitely and then them. yeah, and then you also have the Cavs' second round pick, which is going to be low. I the, mean, that's going to be on the bottom, so you can package that together and get something else, uh, similar to what they did with Markel Fultz uh, for the pick. And I know they had something a little bit more valuable, but at the same time, you can package something together. And you know, I I always point to this Giannis 
Kobe all drafted between 12 and 16. So, yeah, I mean, you I can find a good even player Devin, if you yeah, trade up there. Like, no, I definitely agree. Like, you can find, like, I've always said with people who want to debate if you can tank or if tanking or not smart, you can definitely find talent throughout the draft. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's just that, like, if I know my team can't make the playoffs, I would rather get that surefire talent. You yeah. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a Zion, like Ja Morant, like RJ Barrett. Like, I would much rather get those guys rather than field out with those yeah. top 20 guys. And that's also why I don't like giving away a bunch of first round picks for the future just because there's like, so you know, many like first saying, round picks yeah, out there right now like you gotta think about it if you give up two or three future first round picks like you gotta think about it with three first round picks you gotta think one of those guys is probably gonna be a starter or a key rotational player you know you gotta hope that at least one it's, out of your three will. it was a tough situation because with the, the 76ers they never the current GM and pretty much all of the upper echelon in the mm. 76ers organization they didn't draft Markel Fultz that was that whole entire that GM switch from GM to another GM to Twitter scandal, yeah. you know, with all burner the accounts. burner accounts and everything. Mm-hmm. And then they have another one, and it's kind of like that. The current you know hierarchy for the 76ers didn't draft Markel Fultz, and it's just been it's been toxic for both parties ever since. Yeah. So I do like the move. At least you get something out of it. It's not like you're going to get anything great out of Markel Fultz. I mean, Jonathan Simmons is a good role player off yeah. the bench in what the playoffs. What has he done? Yeah, I mean, he's a decent... Well, no, I'm not... not I'm yeah. saying, what has Markel Fultz okay, done? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Like I was just saying, getting, Simmons was decent for the Spurs. Yeah, instead of grabbing talent, mm-hmm. you know. It's, See, the way I look at it, though, this is what I take away from the trade overall. I take away from the trade that Markel Fultz needs a cha- needed a change of scenery, one. For and sure. number two is that his shoulder is probably messed up to the point that he's never going to be any thing is the fact that they would dump him off for something for that cheap of return you know what I mean for what they gave up for him they basically gave up Jason Tatum to get him and the fact that they gave up that what all they gave up that first round pick and another first round pick the fact they gave all that up to get Markel Fultz that tells me that I mean he's probably gonna be a bust even though I've said many times I still believe in Fultz I, I think, I think it's with done. I think with Markel Fultz that injury is nerve related and it's tough to say where he might fall in terms of potential mm-hmm. and it's like it, it's really for the Magic, I guess I understand it because it's a first first overall draft pick talent, potentially, and you don't lose all that much. Oh, I love the trade yeah, for the Magic. For the I Magic, you, you gain something that could be potentially great, but at the same time, you don't lose too much, yeah. and I like that, but... With Markel Fultz, it's just up in the air. Mm-hmm. It's just no telling well, what. Even Steve Clifford, their head coach, he used to coach for the used to be the head coach for the Hornets mm-hmm. when they had Kimball Walker, and Kimball Walker has been said multiple times that like he helped him develop yeah. his game so much and helped him out. So hopefully he can do the same thing for Markel. I mean, I'm pulling for Markel personally. I hate what happened to him. I was really high on him coming out of college. It like, is tough. I was like, he's gonna be. A it's beast, it's man. so weird because he was shooting so lights out yeah. in college, and it was just like he was just like electric. It was easy. It was for electric. Him. For yeah, him. and. Ever since he got to the NBA, it's just been a downhill spiral of issues for him, and it's mm-hmm. just it's tough. My and unrelated, unrelated Markel Fultz news, mm-hmm. completely off topic from him because I don't like talking about Markel Fultz very much because you know it's just like it's like a circle, it just keeps on going back. It's a vicious cycle. <laughs> but I would say that my sleeper pick of the deadline for me personally is the Bucks giving up hardly anything. For Miritich. Yeah, I was going to say the Bucks are one of the biggest huge winners. Because yesterday night, the Bucks scored 148 points against a pretty decent team. I mean, it wasn't... I don't know. The Wizards didn't the, have... The Wizards didn't are, have auto the Wizard, Yeah, the Wizards are not second worst great, defensive but at team the, the same league. time, I mean, they've looked unstoppable for most of the last month. And I think that Miritich really adds a whole other layer to them. 
adds some defense a little bit, adds some shooting, uh, adds a stretch four that they didn't have previous to this. I mean, Thon Maker got shipped off, and he was kind of their guy that they were relying to come off and give, like, big man minutes. And he wasn't that guy for him. And now they get Mirotic, who is a proven veteran. Uh, I don't think he's going to have any of the issues that, you know, he had in other locations. Mm-hmm. I think that was more so about a struggling team that was just bad. Like, the Chicago Bulls were bad. And now he comes to a contender, legitimate contender now, I would say. Best team in the East, in my opinion. For sure, especially with the Miritic adding. Mm-hmm. We talked about it a couple days back, how we thought that that team was probably the best in the East. But there was still a debate. I don't yeah. think there's a debate anymore. I think Miritich makes them the best. I think there's still a debate just because the, before the Raptors went out and got Gasol, I didn't Gasol, think yeah. there was a debate. But, I mean, the East is pretty much a four-team race. This is all I'm going to say to everybody. Milwaukee went out. They got better. But pretty much what they did is they traded Thon Maker for Wesley Johnson and some second-round yeah, picks. And when I saw that trade, I was like, I hate that trade. Because personally, I was I watched I knew Wesley Johnson second, I knew it was the second step. Yeah, and he, was, he wasn't anything. in co- Like, he was supposed to be good in college. He's pretty much nothing. But then they pretty much flipped him in a bunch of in those they pretty much flipped Wesley Johnson into Miritich I was like that's a hell of a steal I don't hate the Pelicans I mean I think the Pelicans did a decent job I'm not Wesley Johnson what am I say Stanley, Stanley Johnson. Johnson yeah from Arizona Stanley, yeah it's uh, yeah, so, Stanley is yeah so, they're both pretty much the same players yeah so be realistic yeah honestly, Wesley Johnson's the best better Stanley Johnson yeah honestly they're kind of the same player they're drafted high never played up their potential both play small forward but Stanley Johnson, I mean, I think it's not a bad pickup by the Pelicans. Maybe things happen to some of that potential would be decent. I really don't think he'll ever tap into anything. He'll just be a defensive guy. But I really love that move, like you were saying, by the Bucks. I think it puts them up. The, I mean, they were already the best team in the East. It makes them even better. We'll talk about this other trade here since, I mean, you kind of pretty much hit on mostly everything with that move and how much they – I mean, that was a steal. I mean, it get. was a steal. I mean, it – Realistically, they they gave up I think two second round picks for it, but mm-hmm. for the Bucks that is nothing. They've been stockpiling picks, you know, for as long as I can remember because they had such a long period of mediocrity, and two second rounders for you know some somebody that's going to come off. He's averaging what is he averaging? I think it's I think he's averaging Here's about his, eighteen and six. I think it was fourteen. Fourteen and six. I think it might have been. I was might have been looking at per thirty six, but. Mirotic is a proven performer, and I, I don't think he's... Yeah, 16.7, so his, eight, so his probably right, was right in between. Per, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's no reason that they shouldn't have pulled the trigger on that. I'm surprised not they were the only team, like, really that mm-hmm. pulled the trigger on that. He is hurt right now, but, I mean, but it, it doesn't really matter. He has no rush yeah. for a team like that. Like, at this point, I mean, he has no rush yeah, whatsoever. as long as he's ready to play by the playoffs, that's all that matters. Um, the other big trade that happened in the Eastern Conference, like I was saying, the Marcus Soul trade, I thought that was absolutely huge for Toronto. Yeah. I mean, all that I've been hearing all week long is how the Raptors really— I, I love how the Raptors are looking to make a trade. They already know that they're probably— the second, third best team, fourth, or like the second or third best team in the East right now. Mm-hmm. They know that they're a top five team in the league, but they wanted to go out and get better. They were in talks for all the big name players. They wanted everybody, but going out and getting Marcus Soul here for what they gave up is a hell of a deal. CJ Miles, Giannis Valanciunas, Delon Wright, and a 20, 24 second round pick. Look, if I'm the Grizzlies, I think the Grizzlies lost on this trade. They wanted, they couldn't really get what they wanted to. They ended up, I mean, they pretty much just ended up giving Marcus Soul away at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I felt like they should have been able to get a little bit more from him. I would have wanted maybe one of the young guys from the Hornets like they were trying to trade with, mm-hmm. but the Hornets didn't really offer him what they wanted. Because I think they, what they were trying to do is they were trying to get Bridges and Monk. Yeah. I would have at least rather had one of those guys in this, but it's a great trade for Toronto. I mean, Gasol's a good passer. That's what He's I was going to say. That's big. Experience. That's big for them because mm-hmm. Valanciunas, you pretty much get similar players in terms of 
production on the yeah. rebounding and points scored. It's similar production. Uh, Marcus Hall is going to give you a little bit more points offensively. Um, probably about the same rebounding numbers, but he's a proven facilitator. The Gasol guys, you know, the Gasol brothers are proven facilitators. They have a knack for kind of finding guys open. Mm-hmm. And They're just I smart think that's basketball huge players. for the Raptors. I mean, I think that's big time because when the Raptors have struggled, you kind of see Kyle Lowry kind of take a step back. He doesn't, he kind of gets lost in the offense. He doesn't, yeah. can't facilitate well. And now you have two facilitators on the court. It kind of alleviates the pressure that's been on Kyle Lowry in the past. And I think that's huge. For the yeah, I know. I actually absolutely agree with you on that. I mean, Lowry, like we've said, has been awful in the playoffs. Gasol has proven that he balls out in the playoffs and that he has the playoff mm-hmm. experience. Also, like I've always said, my one big knock on the Raptors, my one big one is that Leonard can't pass the ball. So how is he going to get other guys involved when they're struggling? Gasol yeah. kind of changes that. Valanciunas was a huge choker in the playoffs. I remember against the Cavs. He literally could. He missed like four missed layups literally. in a row and then missed both the free throws. I'm talking, it looked like that video of the Tennessee women's basketball team. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that video? It, yeah, it looks like that guy who goes up to the like Lifetime Fitness or something I mean, is bigger than everybody. It's way too big and missing. realize that he's never ever shot a basketball <laughs> yeah, before. Exactly. And this is like nine layups off each His side. traps are too big and yeah. he's just throwing that thing off the... Like yeah, the, that's exactly what he looks like in the playoffs. Like, it was I mean, bad. it was bad. Mm. It wasn't good. Oh, it was horrible. I remember when I sat there and watched him do that I was and the Cavs came all the way back on them. I was like, oh my gosh, this is over. This is going to be a sweep. I thought it was going to be like a five, six, seven game series. I thought it would be a tight series, but I was like, nope, this is over Toronto. But like we, I mean, Toronto, they did a great job getting it. Let's see, we already talked about the Bucks trade. I will say, going back a little bit about Uh the, um, regarding the Lakers trade and how they pulled Mike Muscala. Well, that was actually what I was a little bit about to say. Yeah, Mike Muscala turned into a great pickup by them in Zubox and Michael Beasley for just, I mean, what? Well, the, clearly the Lakers wanted Muscala to kind of try to shoot and stretch the floor a little yeah. bit. Also, they needed to get rid of one player so they can open a roster open a roster spot. Spot. Yeah, like but I was at the same time, earlier, yeah, for a buyout. But dude, I personally would hate the move if the Lakers go out and get Melo. I mean, he's been a cancer on the last couple teams he's been on. I don't think Melo's game can translate into winning basketball. But I think the Lakers are the biggest loser throughout all for free sure. agency. One hundred percent with all the rumors, all the all the potential landing spots that included L.A. Yeah. For them to go out and get nothing for, they got that Reggie team. Bullock and Muscala. Yeah, I mean that's that's just like not that's that's not what you want from a Lakers fan perspective. You mm-hmm. wouldn't want that. I couldn't imagine that you wanted that. Yeah. And another thing is, you also pretty much put every by in doing so and going on a trade deadline and not getting anything. You also put a chemistry rift in your locker room because Lavar Ball is out there talking madness. Absolute madness. He's hilarious. That's some of the funniest. I mean, stuff he's I've heard just today. a PR stunt. And then, on a different note, you have something that's happening in the LA locker room now that it almost feels like, from you know a perspective for most of their young guys, it seems like you're expendable. It seems like you do not have a spot there. I saw that. Uh, Lavar said that Magic Johnson told Lonzo that he was the face of the franchise. Yeah. How many times has Magic Johnson said that to players like Lonzo and Ingram and things of that nature? And now it just seems like they're just guys that are pawns. You know, it's just it's it's a absolute failure by the Lakers. I think they are one hundred percent the biggest losers, and I don't see any buyout potential that would really make them that much better of a team. Yeah, I mean, I think Melo is is a buyout player, and then maybe baseball. 
Yeah, Bazemore. I think the Hawks will probably... We'll get to the Hawks at the end. I want to talk a little bit about the Hawks at the end. Um, I think Bazemore, I mean, could get bought out. I think that they need they need to go for a shooter like... Uh, what's his name? Um... Wayne Ellington from uh, the Heat from North Carolina. Wayne he got bought, out. Got yeah. bought out. Yeah, like I feel like they need to go after somebody like that. They're probably gonna. If I had to guess, they're probably gonna end up getting mellow. But I mean, like you said, I mean the Lakers are the biggest loser. Pretty much all they did is they ended up getting nothing and they destroyed their entire team chemistry. I mean that loss to the Pacers team on a back to back. They've been struggling. That was Pacers embarrassing. Team that has looked pretty good since the Depot injury, but they don't have Depot. I mean that's. I don't know. I think they look pretty bad since they lost Depot. Well, I mean, they've looked pretty good in terms of like, you know, you lost your star player. They've had a little bit of a spark on their side, at least for. Uh, they had looked bad. Of, they had looked bad until those last two games. Yeah, in like, terms of like getting themselves back together, yeah, and picking I mean, themselves they lost back up. Memphis. I respect that, but at the same time, that Lakers game was pitiful. It was mm-hmm. awful. It was awful to watch. I watched probably about half of it, and I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah, either. the Lakers looked like they weren't even trying. Like, nobody cared. At one point, the Lakers bench was sitting with three spots between him and LeBron James. I did don't you know see, how much you, you want to read into that. Did him last night? The Rockets yeah, hard. Did Paul both put it on their Instagram where they had Eric Gordon at the end of the bench and then did P.J. Tucker. That was so... I thought that was so funny. But yeah, I mean, the Lakers clearly are the biggest losers at the trade deadline. They went out and did nothing to make their team better. They did clear up a little bit of cap space and roster spots. But so as far as, as far as biggest winners go... I know the you know the big teams that are contenders that yeah the Raptors and Bucks the Raptors and Bucks yeah for sure but wait a second I also think that the Mavericks might have just slipped in and won the trade deadline because they got rid of Harrison Barnes and they traded him for Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson yeah they're gonna buy out Randolph yeah and that's okay one hundred percent they got rid of a contract in Harrison Barnes they picked up KP. And they picked up. Essentially, they traded Harrison Barnes for uh, what's his name, uh, the Knicks guy. Yes, uh, but Harrison Barnes only has. I guess he only has one year left. He only has one year left to this one. So, so I mean, they did clear up a good bit of cap. Yeah, my though. my point is, this offseason, the Mavs are honestly a sleeper pick for picking up. You know, a big signee because I don't know who wouldn't want to come play with Luca and KP in terms of. I don't think any of the big name free agents want to come play with them. But at the same time, Dallas is a top 10 market. They're a top 10 market. They've had proven success when they've had a good superstar. I think if it's not this summer, it's next summer because you will get to see, you know, Porzingis and Luca on the same court next season. You get to see what that's all about. I think that they have really set themselves up for success in the future. And I think that's key for the like key on the trade deadline for a team that's, you know, obviously not going to be a contender. So. Yeah, I mean, I think they did a good job clearing up cap space and stuff. I still stand by the statement though that I don't think any of the, like the top players in the NBA are really going to want to go play with mm-hmm. Luca or with KP. I mean, they might be able to get some. I just feel like they're not going to want to go play with those foreign players. You know, I feel like they're yeah. going to want to go play with their boys and all that stuff. I mean, I still think Anthony Davis is the biggest piece to control everything that happens in the NBA offseason. Sure. Wherever he goes, will control because if he doesn't go to LA, LeBron's not getting anybody. If he were to get traded to New York, New York's definitely going to get KD then, or possibly you know, like it's going to be big. I don't. Really really want to get into all that speculation though speaking of kd he went off on the media yeah he did did go Uh, there is i have mixed feelings about it because one he's getting paid a lot of money to talk to the media and play basketball there's two things that you got to do under that contract and three regardless of i mean people are going to ask obviously because 
you are he's in the driver's seat of controlling I mean with the exception of the Patriots probably the biggest sports dynasty in the last 30 years I mean or well on its way to being the yeah, most one of the one. one of the biggest like when we look back definitely one of the I mean dominant. he's he's got the key to controlling the fate of that dynasty really I mean Warriors are probably still going to be good probably regardless of where he goes but at the same time they, if they lose KD they're beatable and we saw that with LeBron yeah. in the finals and like also I mean like you said I mean if you're KD like you got to be ready for that scrutiny. I mean, you just got to be able to off-play it better. I mean, if he wants to be like LeBron, he knows LeBron's got to put up with those kind of questions and that kind of stuff. LeBron does a good job of putting up with it. He can't just instantly get mad about it and whatnot. And on top of all that, like, if KD, I mean, he definitely controls, like you said, he controls his own destiny. I mean, he could go to L.A. and try to unseat LeBron in that way. I mean, there's so many other ways he could do it. So it's going to be interesting to see how KD ends up going about trying to dethrone LeBron or what Mm -hmm. he's going to try to do. But... I mean, I agree with you. He could have handled it better. A couple other things we need to talk about real quick before we move on to the JT Real Muto trade. We got a little bit more left here on NBA. Um, the Rockets, I thought they did a pretty good job of what they did basically is, first of all, I feel bad for Wade Baldwin and for... Nick Sockets. That was going to be my got, next point. They got, they got traded three times. Yeah, they played for four different teams this week. And then, and then... They got released. They did. I see. I figured. I didn't see that part. Like you don't. You don't go into the season preparing to get traded. Yeah, that just sucks. But I mean, basically, what the Rockets did. Yeah, the real thing. They got rid of James Ennis. They brought in Amon Shumpert. Got them a new three. Amon Shumpert is big for them. That was a huge pickup in that three-team deal they worked with Sacramento. I liked how Sacramento was working the phones too and bringing in some Uh talent as well because I mean they had a lot of cap space. Worked both sides of the phones as well. Sacramento did. I thought did a great job, but I thought the Rockets did a really good job. They cleared up cap space. They got freed up some money. They got ready to. For the uh, to pick up some of these buyout players, I look for them to probably. I think they'll probably get Wayne Ellington, possibly Baysmore. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they'll probably get one or two more of these guys. So I thought the Rockets did a really good job. Also, I like that Amon Shumpert trade though because he's. I mean, he's a wing defender that has have had or has had a resurgent year as far as shooting yeah. goes, and I think that will be. And he's championship for them. experience. Championship experience, and he's playing next to somebody that two people. That can truly facilitate and drag a defense down, collapse a defense, and he will always be there on the outside. Yeah, and Shumpert already has that mentality where he's just going to play balls to the wall and give you all you got. So you got to love that. Shooting thirty six point six percent from the three point. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's having one of his better years shooting yeah. the ball for sure. The Wizards, I actually thought, did a great job too. I mean, at the end of the day, for the Wizards, after getting that John Wall, like what happened to John Wall, they knew that John Wall is pretty much unmovable. No one is going to take it that contract off their hands. I mean, they said they didn't want to tank, but at the end of the day, they kind of had to. So so they sent Otto Porter Jr. out to um, Chicago for a for Jabari Parker. So I mean that's basically an even exchange of contracts. Parker's contracts up at the end of the season. They also got a they also got rid of Markeith Morris and got under the um, they got under the cap. Look yeah. from a fan perspective, you're it's kind of sucks because your team's basically giving up on the season. But, but from a franchise perspective, the Wizards made the right move and they got under the luxury tax and they freed up some roster space. At the same time, from a fan's perspective. It sucks to lose your star player to a season-ending injury, and then it also sucks to lose your star player again to another season-ending injury. And within the same period of having a season-ending injury. So it's... Look, if you're a fan of the Washington Wizards, one, I'm sorry because this shouldn't happen. And two, look, tough luck. You're gonna have to just bear with them. I mean, yeah, who has it worse, Wizards or Hawks fans? The real, like, I feel like we're kind of the just, Hawks. Fan, the Hawks are fine because the Hawks. Yeah, are, the Wizards definitely have the Hawks worse. are not locked up 
in terms of any type of financial yeah. like issues. They don't have financial issues, but the Wizards have a guy that won't touch the court for two years now. Yeah, and they'll be paying him thirty six and, and they'll 40 be paying him dollars. a lot of money. Yeah. And they just wrote that contract up like they that's a fresh mm-hmm. ink on that contract. Yeah, no, that definitely sucks for them. I thought they did a good job of cleaning out cap and cleaning up space and everything. Also, I really, 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 really like the Bulls next year. I feel kind of stupid. I did pick them to make the playoffs this year. Look, with their roster, if you look at their roster and you look at the Eastern Conference, you would say to yourself, dude, how are the Bulls not in the playoffs? Like, when I look down their roster, I'm like, how are y'all really, like, this bad? It's clearly because they're tanking. I mean, if you watch the Bulls play, it answers the question for you. They don't, they, nobody cares on their team, but they have an open spot because they fired Hoiberg, so obviously they're going to bring in a new coach. People want to go to Chicago, too. Yeah, and pe- people want to go to Chicago, and on top of that they're going to have a top three five pick so I mean odds are they're going to get Barrett Morant or um or Zion so yeah. I mean they're going to have one of those guys now they have Otto Porter Jr. Laurie Marcani and they have Wendell Carter they have Zach Levine I mean the Bulls next year are definitely going to be in the playoffs so I thought they did a great job of building their team for the future obviously the Otto Porter Jr. Again, contract again, sucks but it's with, worth it with these teams that are not contenders I th- the key people will always say like oh the winner is obviously like the winner of the trade deadline was you know the contender that upped their like yeah up their value but at the same time these you know people that aren't contending these teams that aren't contending they a lot of them did a great job with you know setting themselves up for the future and mm-hmm. the Bulls are one of those teams for sure exactly and, and the, Wizards. Uh, the Wizards are and before we leave this Wizards topic glad you said something said that. John Wall fell in his house when you ruptured his Achilles. Do you want to take any? What What do you think he was doing? What do you, What? There's no way that because I, me myself, not a five star athlete playing in the NBA, have done some pretty outrageous stuff in my house, and I've never ruptured my Achilles. So I, what do you think he could have been doing? Honestly, I think he really did fall and get hurt. I mean, I think no he already, so he already has a heel injury. So, I mean, he's in a boot or like a walking cast and stuff like that. So, he's not really 100% safe. Like, he could have easily fallen down in steps and something happened. He could have been drunk and slipped and fell, you know? Like, <laughs> so, you, is, here's, at the end of the day, is John Wall's body falling apart? Like, I mean, is he ever going to come back and be the John Wall that we've seen him? No. I mean, there's no way, right? No, I think his body's falling apart. He was injured all of last season. I mean, he was injured so, all yeah. of last season. Uh, he's taken, you know, a whole season off. Mm-hmm. And he gets injured on a non-basketball, day-to-day, commoner injury. Like, I've, yep. I mean, there's no way that John Wall comes back 100%. It's tough for the Wizards. I mean, God bless him. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you completely here. I don't, I don't think John Wall comes back ever as the same player. I think he's pretty much, I think you pretty much put a fork in him, you know. Like, yeah. I feel like, I mean, he'll, he might come back and be decent just because he's John Wall, but you know what I mean? He'll never be that playoff all-star John Wall who's averaging 25 a game in that playoff series against the Hawks. I don't think he'll ever return. I think that was 2016 to mm-hmm. 2016 John Wall. Uh, I feel like we, is there really anything else you want to cover before I talk about the Hawks? Mm, no, I, I'll just... No. God bless Nick Stockus and <laughs> Wade Ball. Ball yeah. Play. Feel bad for him. So pretty much what I want to say here real quick. So y'all know I'm a big Hawks guy. I always like to throw a little something in there for y'all. 
So Hawks fans, I mean, it sucks. We didn't really, we we definitely were not able to get anything for Bazemore and Jeremy Lin and Dwayne Dedman. All those guys I know were on the block for us. We really weren't able to get anything. Obviously, we made two small trades where we basically took Jabari Bird from the Celtics, then we cut him. And when we we traded Tyler Dorsey for Shelvin Mack, I mean, Dorsey was never really going to see the court with the way the position stacked up. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day for Hawks fans, I mean, we're just going to buy these guys out. I think we'll hit the tank market a little bit harder, unfortunately. I do not think we're going to get a top five pick. We'll probably pick six or well, our pick and the um, and the Dallas pick will probably be right next to each other in that five to ten range. And so I, mean, I will say, though, as far as I don't know if we talked about this on air with the last podcast or not, but we did discuss at one point in the last couple of days about the Hawks kind of slowing down and hitting that huge like you said kind of. But I think it's going to be a pretty substantial tanking for the remainder of the season. And uh, to be honest, I I think the Hawks might have a chance to get in the top five. I don't think that's going to be... I don't think... Hey, I like the enthusiasm. I, I think the Well, another thing is, with the lottery, you never do know because the Cavs mm-hmm. got Kyrie Irving with the eighth best odds. Yeah, and they also... And they have adjusted them so we can get better odds. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm hoping the NBA throws us a bone and we get like the... Five, and Look, the, man, the we... Dallas this, picks at six and ours is at city one. Of that's what I hope the for. The city of Atlanta... Needs something. We do. I mean, th- I I I have felt like the city of Atlanta has been cursed for quite some time, mm-hmm. and uh, this would be a nice little change of pace from the original. Where is the uh, draft selection process being held? Shoot, I don't even know. You tell me, Mercedes Benz. I've had it. I've had enough. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not at the Benz. You tell me anywhere in Atlanta. I've had enough of you know Atlanta bad voodoo. Magic. So yeah, luckily it hasn't really been on our teams in our own building. It's just on the the dogs yeah. more so. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like luckily. the Hawks Hawks at the end of the day. I mean, we'll see what we got. We'll ride it out with this young core. We'll probably get rid of these older vets at this point in time. That's probably why I think that's why we traded for Shelvin Mack because Jeremy yeah. Lin's going to get bought out. I know a lot of teams had interest in Jeremy Lin. It's just tough though too to trade those guys because I mean, Bazemore and Lin had over t- had like I think Bazemore's deal is like seventeen a year. Lin's was at thirteen. Deadman's at like six. So I mean, all of them will get bought out. They'll all find new homes, new places to play I think that'll make us a little bit worse as a roster possibly even Alex Lynn could get bought out so the Hawks will move on though from all those guys and we'll just ride out with what we got I mean shoot I really hope man somehow we can get a top five pick I mean we we need one desperately we need Cam we need at least Cam Reddish at worst out of this draft I mean I think that there's a high likelihood that you that the Hawks would pick up that fifth or in the top five at least and the good news is even if they get out of the top five, this is a deep enough draft to where they can grab a legitimate prospect or a legitimate talent. So I don't I don't think that's too much to worry about. But, I mean, I'm a little bit of a Hawks guy myself, so I hope that they really do tank it up because there's no point in winning. And I'd be satisfied if the Hawks didn't win a game the rest of the I mean, year. I don't know why they would want to. I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't make sense, especially, especially with who's coming into this draft. Mm-hmm. That top three is really, I feel like, almost can't miss prospects I mean depending on I think that's the perfect word can't miss prospects I mean almost can't miss I mean yeah regardless got, you could get the lowest expectation out of any of those prospects and you'd probably still get legitimate production yeah and for the those of people who haven't watched John Morant play 
I mean, they've go just go search him on YouTube and watch his videos. And there's a video of Sheffield. him dunking over four people on his team. Yeah. Like he can he can do it all. He's an absolute beast. The only thing is his three point shooting hasn't been great. I haven't watched him play a ton, but my takeaway from that would be the defense is draped all over him, and like he really gets no space on three point shots and like off the ball. He's get, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. the whole defense is all over him. So I mean, the fact that he puts up the numbers he has already is unbelievable. If anything, I think he's like Westbrook a little bit, but. I think he really can shoot the three ball. I just think it's more so he's not getting great three-point looks right now. So I think in the NBA, he'll get better at shooting that three ball. So unfortunately, I would I would love to talk about this because we would we definitely have to save it for a different day. But I could talk about college basketball prospects all day, especially with this upcoming draft. But let's just pray between the two of us that the Hawks get a top five. That would be interesting for the city of Atlanta. It's what we need. Hopefully we get Zion. I mean, God bless us if we do. We need Zion. Zion, sure. I want you in a Hawks uniform sure. if you're listening. So, But to segue this, uh, our other Atlanta our Atlanta Braves mm-hmm. did not pick up in the Real Muto uh, sweepstakes, I would call it, I guess. I mean, there, I mean, there's been trade speculations all offseason about JT Real Muto, yeah. the catcher for the Miami Marlins, which is now a Philadelphia Philly. That news broke about midway into the big trade deadline talk in the NBA. And uh, it sucks that he had to go to the Phillies. But at the same time, as a Braves guy, I'm cool with it. I'm not too worried about it. I know the Phillies have a good team, especially if they pick up Harper. But the reason I'm not worried about it, though, is simply because... The asking price was way too high. The Phillies got rid of their top yeah, prospects. I was about uh, to say, Phillies unloaded their farm system to get and he's great. He's a great catcher, great defender, great batter. Overall, just a great player. But at the same time, if we're going to trade a top prospect, I do not want it to be a trade for JT Realmutu. Uh, I would rather it be for a pitcher, something like that. And I'm I'm cool with us not getting rid of our top talents, uh, especially somebody like Ozzy Albies that. You know, mm-hmm. has all that connections to is just the right chemistry on the Braves right now, and I don't. I, I'm I'm really happy that we didn't mess with that. Yeah, I agree with you. I didn't want to give up any of the guys that they were asking for. I think the Phillies ended up doing this move just to add to all the big big players they've already got, like McCutcheon, like Gene Segura, all the moves they've already made. They pretty much they they've gone all in on winning 100. percent They've already paid their pitching from last from last season, so. That's the way they're looking at it. They're also trying to give Bryce Harper more incentive to sign with the team and come to their team. They're like, look, we even went out and got this guy. I think Bryce Harper ultimately does end up signing with them. Mm -hmm. But the Braves need to do more than just get Donaldson at the end of the day. Donaldson can't be our one and only move. I mean, we're pretty much one Josh Donaldson. Look, as much as I hate to say it, Braves, we got to look at it from all, all angles. Like I've been saying, we're one Josh Donaldson injury away. Josh Donaldson's been injury prone for the last two years. We're one Josh Donaldson injury away from having the same team we had last year. I will say, though... I agree to a certain extent, but at the same time, you get players that are going to continue to develop, uh, continue to get better. Yeah. So we're not necessarily going to be the same team, but we're, we might be the same roster. And to jump off the Josh Donaldson talk, I will say that uh, I know that Josh Donaldson's had some injuries in the past, but there is one thing that is really you know, positive. It's really driving me with this Josh Donaldson thing, and I really like that move for the Braves because. Oh, I like uh, it. Too. I don't know if you. All right, so wins above replacement is a huge stat More, for yeah. yeah, yeah, for a huge stat for the MLB. And uh, for example, Bryce Harper, he has had 
a great war throughout his career. Uh, Josh Donaldson's MVP season a few years back, higher than any total war that uh, that Bryce Harper has put out throughout his career. And last season, after the All-Star deadline, or after the All-Star deadline, after the All-Star break, yeah. he actually had a better wins above replacement than he had during his MVP season. So that's a little split for you. Uh, I really do think that he's healthy. I think that is one of the leading factors the Braves signed him to that massive contract for one year. It was a one-year leasing agreement. And I think that second half of the season for him really sold the Braves, and I think it sold me as well. So hopefully he can stay healthy. I think that he could really make an impact on the Braves team. And even if he doesn't, we still have you know, all of our prospects, uh, Austin Riley being one of those. Um, I really think that we're going to be in the in the market for making a big move later on. I think this is uh, this is us waiting it out. Yeah, you know, for maybe Bumgarner or somebody like that. Yeah, I mean, like we said, we're still waiting on the two biggest chips to be cashed, which mm-hmm. is Machado and Harper. I mean, until mm-hmm. they're cashed in, I still think everything else is kind of going to be whatever. I mean, the Braves, if, unless you're in the conversation to get one of those two guys, that's the only way you're really going to go out and make moves to try to prove to those guys to come to your team. But other than that, I mean, like we said, they're pretty much just waiting it out. And I think the Braves could have thrown themselves in the discussions, but I don't think they want to lock themselves up with a player like Here's the thing with Machado and Bryce Harper. Great baseball players, but at the same time, both of them, both of their careers have been riddled with, you know, dramatized situations. I mean, just time time and time again, those two players do something on the field that is just kind of like, it goes against the baseball purist mindset. Yeah. So I, I, I think that the Braves did the right thing and not, you know, locking themselves up with a player that may be a little bit of a... You know, diva. I would say both of them could, could probably would be considered divas, and uh, I think that the Braves have a bright future, and I think the Braves' future is probably going to be brighter than the Phillies because, look, paying all that talent doesn't always work out. You can ask the Nationals last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely there. Let's move here now to our last topic. The last thing I want to talk about here. I know you're not a Falcons fan, mm-hmm. but. Just because I am a Falcons fan, I want to talk a little Falcons on here. So we saw the Falcons cut Robert Alford, Brooks Reed, and Matt Bryant. Not cool with that. What with it's Matt not Bryant. cool. You can't spell Matt Bryant without Matt without Matt Ryan. And what? I mean, what? I understand that you want to pay less for, you know, somebody that is younger, more youthful. It's just that was not the issue on that team. I think that was like the uh, that was the only thing that was steady with the Falcons. Well, we didn't get rid of him because he was an issue. It's because we needed to clear up the cap space. Let's be honest. Matt Bryant was banged up last year with injuries. He's clearly lost a lot of distance Distance. on his ball. And we had a guy, Giorgio Tavecchio, step up, hit some big kicks for us when he was in there. That's who the Falcons are going to move forward with. At the end of the day, cutting all these guys was all about money. I mean, I saw stats out there that Robert Alford, he was the best, like he had the most incompletions thrown hit, or like in, like, you know what I mean? When he's playing defense, he had the most incompletions in over like a two-year span in the NFL, but he also gave up the most yards and the most touchdowns against him. So basically my, my argument to that being that he had the most incompletions when you're thrown at the most of any corner in the NFL. NFL that there's bound to be some incompletions, you know. So that's it. Like, that there's always de- two sided. That stats. Falcons defense was nothing to ride home on for. Uh, well, I mean, of years. everybody so was injured I, I this year. They, I think last y'all, year y'all, y'all, y'all definitely had some issues with injuries, and that 
sucked. 2017, but, they yeah. were nice. 2018, no. It was all injuries. But at the end but of the I think day... Yeah, I think it's a good move for them. Yeah. At the end of the day, we had to clean up cap and we had to clear out. So, I mean, we obviously know that we need to add stuff. We need help at the, we need help in cor- at the corner position. I mean, we need help at the safety position. We need help at getting a pass rusher. We need help on the offensive line. We might need help for running backs. I mean, we can't get rid of Devontae Freeman. They wanted to keep around Sanu, which I personally like a lot. So, at the end of the day, these are the guys who had to go and... I agree with the moves. I don't think Vic Beasley's going to be back with the team either. I mean, I always call him Vic blocked easily. I mean, Vic Beasley hmm. never – he never really played up to what he should be. That year he led the NFL in sacks, all I sacks. He, I think, back I think that one is all about passion. Yeah. Don't think he has a passion for the game. I don't think it's Hot that. He's, I think he's too small. Hot take. I, I just I just don't think that he truly wants to be what he was sold as. I, well, don't think I just he, think he's too small, honestly. He is small, but I mean, he sh- there's players that's fought through it in the past and I just don't think some- he's I just think he's too small. Like he was good that year when we had Dwight Freeney, he taught him a lot, but I think we've kind of messed up by trying to play him at outside linebacker last season. Then this season I feel like that he's just he's just too small. That's is what it is straight up. I really think that's what it is. He couldn't get in there. Tack did a hell of a job getting off the edge. I like Tack moving. I do forward, like him a lot. We need another pass rusher to pair with him so he's social media guy too yeah I think the Falcons social media yeah like did you see where he lost one of his dreads in the the Lions game he bought it back he bought it back yeah he's actually dude he's hilarious on Twitter I'm not even a Falcons fan and Mm -hmm. I follow him on Twitter yeah he put on there one time on Twitter he was like who wants to watch my dog for a weekend while I'm gone on the road trip I I hit him back I was like Tack I'll watch your dog for free bro (laughs) (laughs) yes he didn't choose me though for whatever reason but I think I mean it's gonna be interesting to see here what what NFL teams cut players and whatnot. Probably, who's go, who all's gonna be on the market? Everybody's about to start, you know, making those moves, getting their teams ready. When does free agency start? I think it's what March, beginning free of March. Starts March up. Yeah, so it's gonna get wild here soon. The NFL, everything's gonna start heating up. We'll mean all NFL March, draft. March, we will discuss. It. We will have a whole podcast dedicated to one talking about some NBA prospects and two. Talking about some March Madness, which is my favorite time of the year, favorite yeah. month of the year for me. Oh yeah, NFL March draft. Yeah, it's I love I love March too because you get a you bunch get, of stuff. Out you of get it. all that good. So basically, during the week, you got all these big basketball games that are setting up like the NBA. Like you get identity standards. games for the NBA. You get March, March Madness. Yeah, and you get a you get the flurry of NFL talks. Just popping yeah, back and up. And baseball's about to baseball's start up too. really yeah. keying in. March is a great month. for March sports. is a great month for sports. Yeah. That's like oh, yeah. the uh, that's like the one. It's the one time of the year where uh, it's like the second sports equinox, which... Yeah, the first sports equinox I love. The first sports equinox is obviously the best one because you get the big games, but... That one's like the the spring of sports equinoxes. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. So yeah, we'll, we're looking forward to March. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. You got anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Um, no, looking forward to number five, whenever that might be. Uh, the big the big number five. So oh yeah, so we got. We got Maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll, a, we'll definitely transition nice little, now that we're past yeah. the now that we're past the trade deadline into talking a little college basketball. I feel yeah, like it's we definitely fun. need to talk some college basketball. Oh, we, we we feel I feel like we've been uh, slacking on the college basketball, but at the same time, it's kind of the identity stage for college basketball teams, and we're gonna yeah. kind of and, see what see what's going on as far as you know your conference tournaments and all that stuff exactly and plus my big thing too with college basketball is like i don't think any of it means anything till you get a conference play that's when you're Mm -hmm. actually playing in arenas where it's all filled up that's when all the i mean there's there's games there's games that obviously mean things certain ones you know like unc duke 
Duke at Virginia, things of that nature. Yeah, those stuff games, like that. They're big during the regular season because you kind of get a glimpse. Those mean of what, something for sure. What it's happening later mm-hmm. on. So I, I think that pretty soon we're going to be able to see. Uh, one, we're going to see those games and how they played out. And two, we're going to be able to get a glimpse into the future in terms of conference play, conference tournaments, March Madness. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you there completely. This is when it matters. Everything that happens at the beginning of the season doesn't. Like, this, like, really the end of January all throughout February is what actually means stuff going mm-hmm. into the tournament. Uh, last thing I want to say is go Knowles, baby. I'm going to Florida oh, State-Louisville game on. Obviously, I'm talking about basketball. Trust me, I don't even want to talk about a football program. Our football program is a dumpster fire. Come out. Rewind. Remember when I told you, remember I said, hey, here's a great bet for you. I said, here's a Florida State plus 200 on a money line that you should definitely take against Syracuse. And you're like, no, I'm not messing with that one. I don't want anything to do with Florida State. That's what you said. I hate to put you on the spot like this. No, I mean, I can't blame you, but I mean, we had played bad. I mean, we've just played played Georgia Tech at home and barely beat them. Like, that game was ugly. Tech's, all their key players were in foul trouble. We still barely beat them. Like, that game right there against Syracuse gives me a little bit more faith. Like, like I was saying with college basketball, like, what you're doing now means more than what you were doing. Like, we're actually starting to play better as a team. I mean, this game against Louisville is a big test game. Louisville just came off a huge win at Another thing that I love about college basketball is teams can be talented teams can be you know the most talented team in the Mm -hmm. college basketball doesn't always correlate to winning it's about who's getting hot who's getting hot at the right time and let's be honest there's probably 30 to 50 college basketball teams that could go out and win on any given night and Mm -hmm. i think that's the greatest thing about college basketball and Hey man, your your Seminoles did it, and you didn't take them. So it is what it is. We'll be back. Maybe you need to be more reliant on them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they need to. They need give me a little bit more to put faith in. But Brett, I appreciate you coming on once again. Hey man, have a good time out there in Buckhead working. Uh, You know, as usual, always, always, (laughs) baby. But once again, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, Get ready for a big weekend, guys. Lots of good stuff going on this weekend. We'll be back again on Monday. Um, Follow me on Twitter, at Hot Takes with TP3, on Instagram at TP3 underscore NBA bets, or underscore NBA underscore bets. Um, Look on there for a lot of good stuff, but we'll talk to you all again soon. RIP Frank Robinson. Peace. I like that note to end it on.